Welcome back, Kofkin Bond listeners. We're here with episode 150, and today we've actually got someone who's a little bit media trained, so we, we've got to be on our best game today, Tony. But I'd like to introduce our guest, Stuart Gibson. Uh, Stuart is a principal in the commercial team at McPherson Kelly, um, largely practicing in the fields of intellectual property um, law, uh, media and entertainment law, including defamation law, uh, commercial and corporate law, and sports law. Uh, his work and practice involves securing and enforcing corporate private clients intellectual property assets and protecting their reputations in the marketplace. He represents many well-known brands domestically and internationally, including um, registration, opposition and litigation proceedings in relations to patents, trademarks, copyrights and design. Stuart, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, good to be here. Yeah, it's uh, lovely to meet you, Stuart, and uh, it's, it's interesting because there's that, that next paragraph there is the one that's really interesting me on your resume, so Jamie, so I'm assuming you're going to get to that. We'll, we'll get to the Hollywood A-list <laughs> soon, Tony, but I guess, Stuart, um, we'd love a little bit of, to hear a little bit about your story and, and actually how you came into practicing law um, and then what led you down sort of this path, pathway. Um, and in today's podcast, what we really want to get into is around influences um, and I guess from our end, influences as well, um, understanding sort of that industry which you're you know, the expert in. So I guess, how did you get introduced to law? What made you follow this path? Yeah, sure. So I look out your window here in Victoria Street and I'm looking down and not far from here is Queensbury Street to Carlton. And so I worked in the... um, in my early 20s at CBS Records, who are an American record label. So I spent time there working with artists and on the business side of that industry. And whilst there I... Um, would often have to use Mellison's, a law firm, to provide advice to our artists on copyright and that sort of thing. So that really got me interested in um, in law and in that area of law. So I decided to pursue that. Um, to so you actually weren't a lawyer at that stage? No, no. Okay. I was somebody trained up in that industry like my, most people were in the yeah. mm. in the music industry. Um, and But I was looking for something a bit more secure than what the music industry was. It was pretty ruthless. <laughs> and uh, you had to be a good drinker. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dumb out. Yeah. Sounded good. Happily invested. Yeah. That's yeah. Bad so, yeah. yeah. Do you know, so I decided that uh, if I was going to last, it, it needed to be something a little more sane. Yeah. So I went into to law and then focused on that area. And then um, what transpired was uh, a number of years ago, I was started doing work for a guy who was a actually a musician living in South Yarra um, and who then became an actor, it was Russell Crowe, so I started doing Russell's work and uh, he was a singer before a, uh, an actor. I, did, I didn't know I that. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's new to me. No, yeah. I, I, I just thought of him as a Kiwi who we claimed because he became good at acting. Yeah. That's right. I, don't, I still don't think he's got his citizenship. I think he's still a, that's right. a New Zealand citizen. Which is a, bit, a bit like Farlap in a way. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know how to claim him, the Aussies. <laughs> we, know, we know how to claim him because he's doing ads for uh, you know Elbow and the ALP. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I saw that. But anyway, that, that's Russell's for you. Yeah. Um, so then I started doing some sort of legal work uh, uh, for him via his manager, and then uh, and then uh, uh, and then referrals came, and then that hooked me into doing work with uh, American celebrities, and then the, and then once you sort of get into that sphere, it's a bit like a, a whirlpool or a washing machine where everyone sort of refers on to everybody else. Yeah. And so that's when I sort of started hooking into doing that sort of work and uh, 
um, we were just discussing before we've come on air, come on air. One of the first people I did work for was Paris Hilton, yeah. who is um, widely sort of recognised, not officially, as probably the original influencer. Yeah, because that I guess the stage that she did come out, um, and I remember as I was pretty young, but you know when you think about I was old enough to remember Jamie. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I guess the, the media around that and, and seeing her brand, um, that was sort of the introduction that we got to that type of celebrity. That's right, and I guess we all and the photo at Melbourne Cup with Robert Mills in the morning, yeah. the morning photo <laughs> on the balcony. Yeah. That, that, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Robert Mills is famous for many things. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think at that stage we probably all laughed and ridiculed it. But I think now most people know, but that she is really a, a very successful and serious businesswoman or business person, and. Um, um, and a lot of what you see is part of her brand, and uh, I think you know she does it really, really well. And, yeah. Um, she used her surname and the influence of her surname to perfection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did she? She liked to come across as a bit of a dippy blonde, but you don't be as successful as she is uh, without having that real business cunning and knowledge that yeah. she actually did have. Yeah, I'm assuming that's the case. I've never that's heard to, That's totally the, the case. Yeah. She's, um, you know, very, very smart on her business deals. Um, her persona, she carries incredibly well. If you look, for instance, you'll always, you'll only see the left side of her face, you know, whenever you see her on camera because that's her best angle. Um, and she's got a s- s- couple of set poses, so she's always in those and it's per- perfectly choreographed. Um, for her, you know, her, her image. And, uh, um, yeah, I think she does it sort of better than better than anyone, really. So, so what type of work early on were you doing for these people um, yeah. when they were coming across from America and things like that? Yeah, so going? mainly it was protection of reputation, yep. um, you know, protecting them against the media. And that had a big history back in the States where celebrities were always at war with the media, um, in particular the National Enquirer and the major... Los Angeles and Entertainment Magazine. So, and the UK is pretty ruthless as well. And the UK is, yeah. and the UK as well. And yeah. so, their I guess a group of advisors were pretty keen on protecting their reputations in all the major markets. Um, not only for them, but for also the movies and products that they were, you know, endorsing or appearing in, yeah. you know, as well. So I started doing, you know, protection of reputation. Um, um, I think the first case I did was in that area was for Harrison Ford. Um, he wanted to sue a paper out here who said that he was, he had um, cheated on his wife, and so I spent six hours doing uh, taking his statement, and then um, it subsequently it subsequently turned out that you know maybe the facts weren't really you know in our favour, <laughs> 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 which I might have suspected. Yeah. Uh, um, was that when you met young Callista Flockhart? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> a, a, That's right. That yeah. that name does. Does ring a bell. I won't say any more than that. But that, yeah, yeah. it's the first time I've heard that name since that case. Yeah, um, and so then it became yeah, just looking after that group of people doing, you know, that sort of work. Um, whenever they're coming out, they had trouble with the media, with um, uh, uh, you know, with the paps paparazzi protecting them from them, and yeah. uh, and then into protecting their image by way of uh, intellectual property rights. You know, making sure they had the right things in place for them. With A-listers. Can I, can I, ask, can I yeah. ask a question on that, Jamie? And uh, I did say, Stuart, you will have questions without notice here, but I'm sure you have an opinion on this one. Yeah. The current Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting how 
the accusations made against him. He's no longer Jack Sparrow. He's, um, you know, the, I've been watching some of the snippets because I, I just became hooked on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so especially people taking sides and things like that. But, you know, the reputational damage uh, that came out to him was, and if everything that he's saying is correct, was actually quite horrendous. And, and that can happen, especially when you have um, movements that come out, uh, for, which sometimes are for all the right reason, but hijacked sometimes by the wrong people yeah, um, totally. as well. So, I mean, that would that would have been, a, if you're in the US, that would have been a dream case for someone like you, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, that's a good case. I, I, I had involvement in this case because okay. I acted for Johnny when he and Amber came out um, to Australia on the Gold Coast, which forms part of the... The two dogs. Yeah, yeah. which forms part of the defamation mm. case. So I have to be a little careful okay, about, yeah, about what okay. I say. But look, what I will say, though, is having looked at the media, um, boy, you'd be pretty concerned uh, acting for Johnny because sometimes the, you know, what comes out of it is actually worse than what's involved in the, in the case. And you, you might... So you might win the case, but you'll just lose, you yeah. know. Per se, and one one may view that in a similar light to the Ben Robert Smith yeah, case. Yeah, absolutely. One may say, well, he might win the case, but really, is he is he really going to win? Yeah. And you've got to look at the media that's come out and think he's only on a hiding to nothing. In, How many in, new speaking engagements will he get? Yeah, and and and, yeah. and other things may come out of it. Yeah. You know, as well. So you've got to be pretty careful before you fire the gun. You know, in that sort of thing. And you should, you know, if you're going to sue for defamation, you really should make sure you're a bit of a white knight. Yep. Yeah, you know. Yep. Otherwise, you're just going to throw yourself up to ridicule and contempt and, and uh, backfire. Yeah, Stuart, being a good lawyer, I think you'd agree with me. There's no such thing as anyone who's really a white knight. They've all been <laughs> tarnished some way, <laughs> so we've no. got some tarnish uh, on our armour. Well, that's right. And, we? and they'll take up anything. Like it, yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if your client, uh, they may be, uh, you know, known to be, uh, you know, anything and everything, but they'll always find something, you know, the defence. So you've just got to be a bit careful. But, yeah, I've watched with interest that, that case, I can, I can tell you. Yeah. 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 With, with, with these A-listers that we're sort of talking about, um, how is the interaction with them? Is it, you know, you, you obviously hear a lot about they're very rude sometimes, things like that. Is, is it sort of a mixed breed that you get um, when meeting these people? Or because you're sort of their legal representation, it's, it's always a sort of nice chat. Yeah, look, it, it is a mixed breed. Um, they're, they're different just as much as any other group of group of people but I think someone told me early days look just treat them like business people um, and and don't do anything else just treat them as good business people don't and certainly don't fawn over them yeah. I, I had a case where um, we went up to Russell's farm for a case and I, I, I took a QC with me who never met Russell and um, we had a meeting the next morning this was up at his farm and um, we walked in and the first thing he said was, can I have your autograph? Now, that is not something that no. you do when you're in a business meeting. And not on an affidavit. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. That is just... And, and Russell turned around and said, yeah, for your daily rate, which was <laughs> then, then about $12,000 a yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, so you, you just treat them as business people. That's my advice, you know. And, yeah. and nothing else, and don't don't fawn to them at all. 
So I'm assuming your legal advice to Russell is don't throw phones at people in hotels. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's a, that's, that, right. that's not going to help the gladiator image. <laughs> so, no. Well, yeah. well, that was my busiest time around that time. I still regard him as one of the greatest actors of our generation. He can act in any role. I think yeah, he's, he's pretty he's amazing. Uh, he's, he's pretty versatile. But, you know, I look at a lot of a lot of actors that are... Um, you know, we're, they're on Netflix and a lot of series. We get exposed to a lot more actors, mm. and a lot of them are very, very good. Yeah. And I think Russell was someone he really pushed hard and worked hard and made the most of his ability, but he probably had the same ability as a lot of people that you might see first time in, a, in any Netflix you know, streaming yeah. series. Yeah. He was very good at pushing you know, his way into, you know, even early roles on stage. Yeah. yeah. You know, like anything. <laughs> I, I just see him, you know, in two contrasting movies, say, for example, A Beautiful Mind yeah. and Gladiator. Yeah. And Gladiator is one of my favourite all-time movies, you know, never mind the soundtrack, which I think is tremendous. But yeah. it's, um, you just have a look at his, his acting ability was tremendous. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it can make life a little bit hard, though, when you can't have that public eye. And we, we made a comment regarding... Like even, for example, Malcolm Turnbull and Russell Pillimer, both very, very wealthy, successful people. Russell runs Bengana Funds Management. Yeah. Malcolm, our ex-Prime uh, Minister. Malcolm and Lucy can't go to the movies. Russell can any time. No one knows who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Just as wealthy and a be. So when you actually are in that public eye, um, everyone, everyone's paying attention to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it's really interesting. I find it Especially interesting. Especially everyone with their phones out nowadays. That's right, yeah. I, f- I used to find it interesting watching people's reaction to them, how they would react, and I'd often stand there thinking, you know, does this person really have something, the magnetism, or are they just sort of sewn up by the media um, persona? Mm. But I think with some of them, they really do have a natural sort of magnetism. I think Russell's one of those. I've seen him at a few events, and um, he's just got uh, just that confidence, that you yeah. know, natural uh, attraction, I think, you know. Mm. Yeah. comes through in, in his yeah. roles. Yeah, yeah it does. We were, we were talking about Paris sort of being that first influencer, and I think when we then now look at the times that we have here, um, everyone seems to be an influencer these days or believe that they are if they've got an Instagram account, um, yeah. as long as they put a brand so, do you have there. an Instagram account? I haven't checked. Uh, look, I, I have one to look at clients' um, postings. Okay, then, so... Of, of products and those sorts, but not for myself. So you don't do photos of you in bathers and then we throw you <laughs> yeah. <the> bags? <laughs> no, 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 no that, that account would be quickly closed <laughs> uh, if you had me in uh, budgie smugglers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. hence, uh, no, no I, no, no, I don't, but I, yeah, I recognise the, the power, you know. I must say I was a little bit sceptical until I read The Economist's figures a few weeks ago, yeah. you know, on the billions of dollars that have been diverted from traditional advertising yeah. down the influence route yeah. you know and you've got to respect that you know at the end of the day they are making big headway you know into this into the advertising space whether you like it or not yeah and i don't know the metrics someone's got to be happy you know if they're spending this amount of money on them rather than the traditional I was Lines. I was speaking I was actually speaking to one of our clients who was the founder of Osterio yeah. And I was talking to him about it, and I, I told him that, you know, 25 years ago, I had a phone call from Osterio, someone in the sales department, they'll sell me advertising space for $4,500, and here's the demographic at this time frame, and here's what it would have been, here's, it's going out to all these people in these age groups and these demographics, etc. And I said, the difference is, is that $4,500 on a Facebook ad, I could actually say, 
I only want lawyers with three-day growth who who look after media entertainers to see this post. Uh, and basically, it's so streamlined of what you get, but we get bombarded with so much information on a daily basis, but it can actually be... So, so I made a comment regarding Host Plus, and Host Plus ad on LinkedIn is continually coming up on my LinkedIn, you know, scroll it, Host Plus, scroll it, Host Plus, it continually comes up. So I find it interesting that the influencers and influencers in general they do have an audience, and it's not just a paid audience from Mumbai, but they do actually have a serious audience. And we actually interviewed one of them who's the daughter of um, a very good client of ours. And she spoke about her first ever gain that she made was a Daniel Wellington watch. Yeah. She just wore the watch on there. She's an attractive young girl, runner-up in Miss Australia. I think the last time they had it, she's, she's back as Victoria's representative this year. Really, and lovely girl, lovely yeah. person. Um, but she was actually just talking about how they approached her. Yeah. And from there, she's yeah, she's she's actually done quite well out of it. Yeah, I mean, some of them are doing you know, unbelievably well. Also studying law. Oh, was uh, she? Yes. Yeah, gone, <laughs> gone to the dark side. May, may I give her some advice? She's still doing influencing, <laughs> yes. by the way. She's, she's not practicing law just yet. St- stick with stick with the influencing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, far more profitable. Yeah. Profitable but career. How have you changed your role? I guess has changed with the introduction of social media i guessing it's a larger scale now than just the original media and, and newspapers are waiting for it to come out the next day yeah sure it, it i mean it has um but you know the same principles really apply yeah in, in in this new world as with the old you know from a sort of media media laws you know perspective you're still sort of looking at the same issues but just applying different facts to, to the medium yeah um Certainly, there are some new areas, particularly with companies and their big companies and their and their strategies to um, uh, to connect with you. Mm. That they're going to raise new legal issues, you know, like you know, caching and following you and yep. um, um, sending you messages when you don't want them. I mean, they're going to create sort of issues at the corporate level. Mm. Um, but generally, it's it's an environment that just apply the existing. So principles. Do you find it more? I guess everything's instantaneous now. We can send a tweet in seconds. Yeah. Uh, are you finding you're working quicker these days? Just well, yeah. Up? I think I think with you know with um, IT, you know, we're we're all working a lot quicker. We're probably you know lawyers aren't punching out you know long treaties and advices. Yeah. The clients just want a short email. Bang. Where is it? You know, what's the position? Mm. What's it going to cost me? You know, what's yeah. the outcome? Yeah. The old days. Oh yes, we'll send you a lengthy piece of advice. That's sort of gone out the window now. You know, that's just passe. Yeah. So it's working faster, quicker. You know, using Twitter. You know, which was interesting to see it in the news with the purchase by you know Elon, Elon, Elon Musk. Yeah. Looks like a really clever. Uh, you know, clever buy to me. You know, um, so yeah, n- n- no, no doubt. And we've all got to use use those mediums. Like we're sitting here doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's actually I I was banned. I got told by the guys in here, especially Willard, I was not allowed to be on Twitter. Uh, but the last US election, I couldn't help myself. I had to see those Donald Trump tweets for myself. So <laughs> I got on, and within 30 seconds, he's in his office. They're both in my office yeah. saying, you just opened up a Twitter account. No, I didn't. Yeah. Yes, you did. He knows, yes. And we got him off it. And I think I was on it for four weeks. It's like, just close it down. I would have been, been employing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I told you, Jamie, I only state facts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, the good I news can back you. it up with evidence, <laughs> so it's not defamation, and no one loses money if you're just stating facts. Yeah, that's some well, people, some some people, some political persuasions didn't like fact. I got yeah. banned. <laughs> no, well, was, yeah, the good news for you is, you know, he might be back. Yeah, yeah I know. So, so, I know. <laughs> you so, might be spending most of your day following him. Yeah, yeah I know. So it's, uh, oh, but it was. It'll be interesting to see whether he gets his account back on Twitter. I mean, I must say, I don't think the media's ever been what it was when Trump was, you know, president. Yeah. Whether one likes him or not, it was it, re- it really sort of turned media on its head. It was sort of intriguing to see and took them on. A polarized it, media. It polarized. Whereas media. you always knew, say, CNN was left leaning, but there's absolutely no doubt, you know, when <laughs> yeah. that happens. And you always knew Fox was right leaning, but there was absolutely no doubt uh, yeah. when, when Trump was in power. Yeah. And I think he crystallized the notion of fake news, you know. Yeah. The old the old thing used to be, you know, well, if it's in black and white, that's it. Well, Trump's turned that on its head. And in some respects, he's right. You know, yeah. some things what we read are just wrong. Yeah. You know, in the media, we don't accept them because they're on the front page of the Age or the Australian. You know, you you read between the lines and form your own view. So. Yeah. So, I guess in recent times, um, and this is sort of linked to our both of our industries, I guess now is this whole notion of influencers. Yeah. Um, and we know, or I definitely know, and Tony knows. Um, well, I actually gave up my AR, so I don't have it, but. You know, where I'm dealing with the licensee all the time, and I know the rules that we need to follow, um, and they're quite hefty. The rules that we, we just had an audit yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, yeah. we go through this constantly, and then I guess from a influencer side, you can almost deem them to be giving financial advice sometimes. How, how does this industry look? Um, you know, I guess there's been movement recently in the industry um, around these people. You know, what's your dealings within? the Finfluencer industry? Well, you know, ASIC are cracking down on uh, the Finfluencers because they can see that they're dispensing, you know, product advice and uh, giving financial advice rather than, you know, maybe dispensing, um, um, you know, factual material about, you know, your industry. And this is where they're cracking down because, you know, they're having a big big say in it on, um, I mean, can you believe, for instance, on TikTok, You've got uh, some people that have millions of followers because they're they've set up financial advice platforms in, within you know the confines of a fifteen second video. It's just insane to yeah. even think about it. And you must know from your perspective, you know, you, you wouldn't believe it. But this is what they're doing. They're dispensing you know advice about products and linking to products, which is pretty much an endorsement. Yeah, yeah. when they're not licensed and they're not an authorized. Um, uh, representative mm. of your company or any of your clients yeah companies well, that are I find the interesting ones the ones that I've seen and, and find it interesting when they go ways that they've sort of got around in the past maybe and you might be able to shed some light but he's like you know oh my top three stocks for the month and things like that like if they've got a large enough following they can start to push a lot of money into a certain area yeah well that's an interesting one you know my top three stocks for the month Mm, it's sort of giving advice, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's preferring... We can't do that at a barbecue. You can't do it. Tony, what do you think of BHP shares at the moment? Sure, you're actually not a client of yes. mine. Uh, so I, I, so I can't tell you. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you could actually hold me accountable under the current rules, you know, so it's... To- to- yeah. Totally, and many lawyers have been sued at parties for dispensing, you know, a line of legal advice at, you know, 11 o'clock at a, on a Saturday night after having, you know four or five wines yeah you know, they, yeah s- same thing yeah 
you know, but um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely you know right, right about that. Um, but Willard, I think it was Reddit you're telling me about. It was, it was Reddit, it wasn't not Robin Hood, but the people. GameStop. Yeah, well, people were pumping up a stock on Reddit, get and basically it, it seemed to be like a um, a Wolf of Wall Street pump and dump scenario. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, you, your listeners may be familiar with the um, uh, the ASX Wolf uh, case. Uh, no, you mentioned them in yep. any podcast. So he's a millennial that yeah. Lamborghini driving millennial that's been prosecuted at the at the moment for um, you know this, these sorts of activities mm. um, and massive following and uh, unlicensed. Yeah, um, and just you know fell foul of all the regulations. So ASICs are pursuing him, but there's there'd be a ton of you know ASX wolves out how there. Do you, how do you pursue somebody for uh, not necessarily that case? Yeah. Uh, but how do you pursue somebody who is saying, "You should; these are my top three stocks for the for the month, and you should buy them through Comsec." <laughs> now, no, I'm not having a go at Comsec. Sorry about that. that was just the first platform that came into my head. Yeah. Uh, but they're sponsored by Concept, whoever, whichever platform it is. They're actually sponsored by that platform. They've actually given advice. But how do ASIC take action against somebody for giving financial advice who is not an authorised representative? So officially hasn't broken the law because as a non-authorised representative and not representing an AFSL or being employed by an AFSL, you could actually come to me uh, if I was a guy on the street and say, listen, I think you should buy BHB shares. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one way you can do it, you can do that is um, disclaimer: don't buy BHP. <laughs> yeah. It's not advice. <laughs> so yeah, I have the lawyer in the room. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, well, what you know, what one way you can be is fall is to fall foul of the you know competition and consumer laws, which yeah. many of your listeners would know as the Trade Practices Act. You know, by dispensing, you know, possibly misleading and deceptive information. So, mm. regardless of the ASIC provisions, you know, you can be sued and pursued through the courts, you know, by ASIC or by anybody, actually, yeah. Yeah. if you're in that sort of space, yeah. you know, giving future advice, you know, when you have no basis for it. Mm. Um, but uh, companies, you know, have who are sponsoring influencers have got to be careful that, that the influencers that they're working with are either authorised representatives or they're absolutely licensed and certainly that they need to vet very carefully what they're saying and what they're doing. Yeah, mm. we, we mentioned earlier uh, Victoria Devine. And a shout out to Victoria. She runs a very good financial planning practice yep. and has been great at using uh, social media uh, to actually build up her own uh, image and reputation. Mm. And by all accounts, I don't know, but by all accounts, also a very good planner. Yep. Um, so on that basis uh, with Victoria... She has actually done it. She doesn't necessarily give financial advice because she can't, but she always gives general advice. Yeah. Uh, she does it very well, legal, uh, but at the same time, she's actually authorised to provide advice. Yeah. So she is somebody who understands strategy, and it's not just about buying a share. It's about the strategy, what ownership structure should be that share be in, or what is the best superannuation platform that she would recommend to all of her clients as an example um, so it was interesting though because of several months ago she got a lot of backlash for going into an agreement with six park uh, who once again they're just you know they're, they're robo advice good platform uh, nothing wrong with them we we know them very well um, and they're actually a very good platform especially for your sort of tap and go uh, community as well I know Razor like yeah. that as well for the tap and go community so 
But she had a lot of backlash because people said she had sold out. But we use platforms. All my clients, superannuation funds are on a platform. Yeah. So, but she, but she has to give advice. So, the backlash was more from community people saying she sold out. But it's also her job. That's right. Yeah. So, so, ba- so based on that, there's, I mean, there's no comeback on her because she's very careful because she actually is an AR. Yeah. Uh, I think she's just joined in focus, so she actually is an AR. Yeah. Uh, but in saying that, though, she doesn't actually give advice. But that's the proper way of dispelling. Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, the myths around financial planning, basically. It, 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 exactly, and that's and and uh, you know, giving that is fine. Yeah, you know, to give that sort of general, you know, uh, advice. Yeah, you, you know, but, but the eighteen-year-old kid on there saying who actually has no real life experience and might have bought some shares in the bull market. And uh, Willard, once again, you showed me a, a meme the other day, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and that was, you know, it was a cartoon of. Me talking about how I'm going to quit my job in 2020 and just become a professional share trader in 2021. Don't talk to me about my portfolio. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, thank God for my job type of thing. But it was, yeah. um, but a lot of people in bull markets, and we gave this the talk I gave in Chicago when we were both over there, was one of the concerns I had about Australia is we hadn't seen a recession uh, for, you know, I think we held the record, but whatever, it was 124 consecutive quarters mm. uh, without actually uh, ever entering a recession. I think it was a bit more than that. And I was actually saying to the crowd who are Americans um, uh, in there, the concern I have is we have a lot of current 30-year-olds who when the GFC hit, they were 20. And when their superannuation balance dropped from four grand to two grand, they didn't even notice it because it's a week's wage. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, so you know it's it's four months of contributions uh, yeah. to actually get it back. But when you were sixty and you watch your balance and you just retired and you watch your balance go from a million dollars to five hundred thousand dollars, same loss percentage wise, that massively hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I said there's a lot of people who are giving advice who actually haven't lived through the thirty years of hard times that you have, say, for legal. I have in financial planning. They haven't seen the hard times. Well, that, that's right. I mean, you look at uh, you know uh, today and yesterday's news about the uh, the small hike in interest rates. You know, twenty five points. Now, you'll recall in nineteen eighty seven. I certainly do. I was bearing a mortgage at seventeen percent. Mm, that was my interest rate. Yeah. So uh, when I hear point two five, it doesn't quite impact me like the media would have you believe <laughs> that it's sort of Armageddon. That's what someone said. Can you actually call that a hike? It's, yeah. It's a budge. It's like a small budge. Yeah. It's like what Will I put out today where a million dollar mortgage is $126 a month extra and uh, mortgage repayments at 25 base. So I think my response to that was, oh, well, Will I'd no more avocado and eggs for yeah. breakfast anymore. <laughs> so, so, to quote Bernard Salt and Tim Gurner. That's right, yes. Yeah, <laughs> few less, uh, you know, sort of pies and beers for me at the footy. I'll have to cut back. Um, you know, but your point's good. And I'll tell you why, because with the young generation, um, unlike ours, they're not going sort of straight into property because it's difficult. Mm. So what they're doing is they're moving into your space. Yeah. You know, they're moving into shares and derivatives and Forex and crypto yeah. um, uh, and, and and seeing that as a, a really great way to earn wealth. And they're quite right. Yeah. But in, in, in our generations, it was all about property, whacking it all and getting the deposit. So now you find that they're in this space and, uh, you know, they, they want to dispense their experience because they've got it, because they're trading. You know, but if they'd just gone into prop, they wouldn't be doing you know podcasts and 
spouting advice. So it's really they're really right in your in, in your zone. So on that basis, mm. yeah. we, you mentioned crypto as yeah. an example, and we we uh, sometimes get questions from clients about crypto, and we can't advise on it because it's not in our APL. It uh, doesn't mean I like or dislike it. I'm just saying we can't actually advise on it. Um, but it is interesting because it is now rather than a – it's more mainstream. Yeah. You know, on the front page of the Fin Review every day, it tells you what Bitcoin's gone up or down in price, yep. as an example, not just the S&P or the Dow um, or the ASX. So, But it's also an unregulated – currently an unregulated product. Correct. So if you had a Finfluencer talking about crypto, there's nothing the government could do on that. Nothing the government could do, but again, if they were giving misleading and deceptive advice, uh, they can be sued and pursued by by the ACCC. Okay. Yeah. Notwithstanding that it's not regulated, you're quite right. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it, it's interesting, crypto. I mean, I know it, it, it's on the tip of everyone's lips, but I, I sort of don't see it around the marketplace. You know, if I go to my coffee shop, you mm. know, not seeing everyone... You know, Bitcoin. pulling their wallet, you know, their Bitcoin wallet out. Yeah, but, but it's making an impact, obviously. You know, somewhere, um, and you know, th- there are a lot of fantastic benefits. You know, of the blockchain and huge benefits. You, you know, just yeah. just logically, you know, looking yeah, absolutely. at it. You know, um, and I, I made it. There's also a lot of young people making a lot of money on it. Yeah. You know, um, in in various ways. You, you'd hear through your social networks. You know, so and so's making. Here and that, so somewhere they're making really, really I good. Money. Several years ago, sitting in the sauna at Q, whereas you know I've met a lot of now yeah. clients, <laughs> so it's yeah. uh, down there in Q, and uh, this guy's there, and he just asks a question that no one had seen before, and he goes, "Have you bought Bitcoin yet?" And it was just like, and it was this Chinese woman said, "No, but I've been thinking about." It. And he goes, "Mortgage your house." I'm telling you now, you should be mortgaging your house and buy. I've bought it, and it's gone up like 10% in the last two weeks. I'm actually just refinancing my house to actually do it. And this is a young guy of about 40, and yeah. I don't know how much, how. Looking at him and yeah. looking at his Datsun 120Y, not an antique one. I don't know whether he actually owned a house, but but it was more the fact of he was talking about it. He was it was just on the tip of his tongue, and that was before the big crash, the, the first big crash yeah. that happened. Yeah. So it, it was actually quite interesting that that was just the general conversation. Yeah. That fear of missing out. There's so many people getting into it and so many people that have made a fortune, a lot of money off it. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with you. I think blockchain um, and the Web 3.0 is quite amazing. And I'm not great in IT. I mean, I've got kicked <laughs> yeah. off Twitter by these boys. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, the I, I actually think it's quite amazing. But... I think governments are going to have to, well, they're going to because of keeping control and obviously taxation, but if you turn crypto into fiat, the government know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, all the professions have probably got to be on top of it, you know. I mean, uh, let's say, um, you know, family lawyers. Well, if you don't know how to search, you know, Bitcoin or any of the other platforms (laughs) for your client, you could be doing your client a big disservice. Yeah. You know, if their spouse is, you know, pouring their money and assets through through, you know, crypto and blockchain. Where's all this money gone? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Avocado and toast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. 
But they got a ten million dollar crypto portfolio that, that the missus didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know it's not easy. It's not super easy to sort of like locate it. You know, you yeah. you need a wallet a number and you know these sorts of things. So, but it's, but mm. it is easy to actually ask the question: Do you have any cryptocurrency on any exchange anywhere in the world? Sure. Now, sure. obviously, yeah. if the answer is no, and we know one day, and assets were split based on that one day in the future, where'd all this come from? Well. It's easy to trace. It's easy to trace, yeah. and and like your like your uh, the gentleman you were just talking about, mm. you know, who was you know uh, bragging about his success. Generally, you find within families or friends, if people are doing well, they're going to talk about yeah. it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, they're, they're going to have a little hike, you know, little sky. That's how we all get our referrals. There's new clients yeah. like us. They Cli- tell their clients. Yeah, and yeah, and they're, they're going to be saying to their us. wife. Hey, Dale, I made, you know, I made a fortune on crypto today or their mates. and So the spouse is probably going to know about it, you know, that they're yep. dealing in crypto <laughs> one way yep. or the other. Yeah. Joe, what's, uh, what's next for the influencing industry, do you think? You know, you, I think you've seen some involvement. Um, you know, is it just going to keep getting larger and larger and, you know, different platforms? You know, well, you- yeah, I mean, talking about what Tony was mentioning earlier, the analytics yep. that you can get, it's really going to take on traditional advertising and I sometimes think about the guy that might be carrying around 3AW's advertising card against, you know, someone in the, in the influencer space that can really give you incredible analytics about where your, your money's going, like the example you cited. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's got to keep going, you, you know. Um, the metrics are just so good that the traditional forms of advertising are really going to be challenged. Um, an interesting thing about influencers or influencers is now in the old days it, it was celebrities making products famous, but now it's flipped over the other side. It's products making making influencers famous. So you know Michael Jordan made Nike famous and Elizabeth Taylor probably with Estee Lauder or whatever, mm. and now you've got some products that are making the influences so they're getting not only the financial benefit but they're getting incredible benefit in terms of profile yeah they're becoming really famous you know maybe not in 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 my space but in the in in, in In the young people's space they're all known you know and i've ripped some influences and they you know they they just read out these uh figures that are just astronomical i don't even know them but you mentioned them somebody else they all know them yeah you know whether, whether you know whether it's in the phys, in the phys ed space or whatever. You know they, they are they are known. Yeah. And the kids aren't watching TV. You know they're they're yeah, on their phone. Watching you know they're they're, they're yeah. you know they're Harrison Ford's or Russell Crowe's or the the influence yeah. and the influencers. Do you find, do you find though sometimes that they might be just because of the the age of a lot of these uh, influencers and influencers that they might just be a bit naive to the law. Uh, and things like that and do you uh, I'm assuming if they call you it's because they have a potential problem uh, not because they want to avoid a problem yeah look um, yeah I, I, I think you're right I think they are naive there's not a lot that's been written about in that space is mm. some some more recently, naive about the law yeah yeah or, or don't bag someone out so badly that it costs them money yeah it's called defamation yeah that, that's that's right but you know they're driving around in Lamborghinis and Maseratis and living the life, and uh, you know maybe they don't, they don't care about it so much, you know. Um, until they lose it. Until they, until they lose it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're yeah they're pretty they're fast moving, um, and the law probably sits 
more to the side than in previous generations. Yeah. You know, where it was a bit more more centre. But generally, when well, I'm advertising getting... had, well, still does have very tight regulations around. Sure. It. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're not. They're sort of coming at it laterally, not in the trained advertising. They're really coming at it laterally. They may not even know laws exist. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot of them, they're, they're, they're making so much money and having such a good time, they may not care, you know. Yeah. But, but generally when, they, when they're when they coming to us, it's about to tie up, um, you know, their con- their contracts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're still moving forward. Okay, okay. It's about the next buck and... That's a good thing then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, they're not coming to us for trouble. They, they, they want to tie up the deals. Okay. Which is make sure they get paid. Make sure they get paid, get more money. That's actually good. Yeah. Just just in closing, I have to ask you a question now. Mm. Uh, Once again, without notice, you represented my favourite band growing up in the 80s, Van Halen. And David Lee Roth, I regard as one of the probably top three front men ever of all time. Yeah. Uh, His charisma. I mean, Van Halen, especially uh, Eddie and Alex Van Halen, even Michael Anthony, but you know Eddie and Alex, are the most unbelievable musicians. Nobody could ever uh, state that, that that's not the case. But David, with his charisma, yeah, just brought that band all the way through. Oh, totally. And I saw you represented yeah. both David and Van Halen. Yeah. So yeah. I'm jealous. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. Uh, yeah. I would have at least asked for a selfie, but I wouldn't have asked for an autograph. <laughs> so, so, no, they're a super group. There's no doubt about it. Amazing. Yeah. I, I was devastated when Eddie uh, passed away last year, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I mean, they, they dabbled uh, yeah. quite a lot in the, in the uh, music lifestyle. Sure. Well, I mean, I'll close off um, um, time permitting, but yeah. I, I first became involved with them. I won't say who it was, but I got a call from their American lawyer. And they said, look, uh, they're coming out. They're doing a, a super tour, whatever they, they called it at the time. And uh, we had some problems. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, well, we've got a few um, women around the country that um, got a few paternity suits lined up. Against David? And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't say who. And uh, how do we get out of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's... Uh... But I think that was the way... Yeah, rock and roll was. I remember, oh. I remember watching a documentary about them and uh, they, they were interviewing their bodyguard at the time. This was around um, around the album 1984, so just before that when they were touring that, you know, doing the big stadium tours around the US. And Dave goes up to him and goes, so, do you have any issues with uh, drugs? And he goes, well, I don't do them, but I don't have any issues if you do. And he goes, all right. Uh, do you have any issues with girls hanging around and he goes no no I don't have any issues he goes what about if they're really young (laughs) (laughs) and he goes my job's to just look out for you guys and that's what I do and he goes all right tick you got the job (laughs) and he was and he was there uh, for about four or five years he just toured with them and uh and that was it and that was yeah they they had a reputation uh, especially Dave with his charisma and his yeah. his high kicks and his doing yeah. splits and his uh, <laughs> yeah. and his and his long hair. That was um, uh, when I was doing martial arts. I tried to perfect that beautiful roundhouse <laughs> kick like him. Could never pull it off because I never had the hair to go with it. <laughs> well, and I also never wore leotards around the streets. Either, so, so. Yeah, without doing a groin. Yeah, yeah exactly right. <laughs> so, but what what an, an amazing uh, group of had any that mm. uh, once again. Didn't think much of them with uh, Sammy Hager. I, no, I, I, I liked them, but 
every song yeah. with Sammy Hager was all about love. Yeah. And with Dave, it was all about the devil and, and <laughs> Jamie's crying. That's one of his name one of the songs, and there was a female Jamie. Yeah. And I, so in other words, you know, I got what I wanted and used her, and now she's crying type of thing. So that was that was Dave's lyrics were very yeah. different than Sammy Hagar's yeah. All About Love, which no. is the name of one of his songs. So I, I agree with him. Great band, original sound, and he was uh, a great lead, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Love him. Love my music. Love Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, still do, but, yeah, sensational yeah. band. Stuart, we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, I, I found pleasure. it an absolutely intriguing chat, so I really do yeah, appreciate your time. Thanks. Yeah. Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.